You're listening to the Fit Mind, Fit Body podcast, where we explore the connection between a fit body and positive mental health. And our big mission, it's to help 10,000 runners to develop fitter minds in the next two years. I'm your host, Michelle Frost. Let's get moving. Welcome to this episode of the Fit Mind Fit Body Podcast. Today we talk to Damon Sheriff and he gets really real and raw about his running and how it's been so positive for his mental health. In fact, he says that running puts him in a much better place. Now, this is also the first episode that I've ever recorded in a cafe. We were out the back of the Cabin Cafe in Exeter here in Tasmania. And the audio is not great, but it really is worth a listen. So stick to it and enjoy. Today on Fit Mind, Fit Body, I am really excited to welcome Damon Sheriff along to the podcast. Welcome. Well, oh, hello. How are you? <laughs> it's my pleasure to be here. <laughs> um, today, you're going to hear all kinds of interesting noises because we're sitting outside, which is awesome. But for the first time, we're actually in a cafe. So when you hear you know interesting noises like Damon's coffee being delivered, and as you heard birds going over then, that's why. So this is a really relaxed environment. And it's I'm, absolutely beautiful out here. Isn't it gorgeous? Yeah. We are in um, the Cabin Cafe at Exeter. Yes, I'll definitely come here again. It's lovely. And you'll recommend it, won't you, Tom? Yes, please? my word. I could certainly recommend it. The service is lovely. And the coffee is amazing. Yeah, I can't wait to get mine. <laughs> we, can, we can do a coffee critique instead of a running critique. Yeah, it'd be good, wouldn't it? <laughs> Actually, here comes my coffee you now. Here comes your coffee now. That's awesome. So before we um, get started, we might wait for your coffee to yeah, arrive. No, worries. <laughs> no, it's fine. Thank you very much. Thank Beautiful. You. Thank Ooh. you. Look at the, you've got a takeaway, mm. takeaway one, so you're ready to run. Yeah, no, I always have more than a takeaway. Oh, you do? Yeah, I'm a bit weird like that. <laughs> if I, even you if like I'm the sitting lid. down, I don't know, I'm just used to drinking out of a takeaway cup. So Maybe it's because you're so busy and you like to keep moving. Possibly. Yeah, <laughs> All right, Damon, yes. let's get this interview started. No I'm problem. Very excited to learn more about you. Tell me, where did you grow up? Um, I grew up in, in Summerhill in Launceston. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, my parents had a little house there and they're still there now, actually. Same house? Same house. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, so they've been there, I'm not exactly sure. I think it's around, uh, over 40 years now, I suppose. So it's oh. been a fair while. 50, maybe going on 50 years. That's amazing. Yeah. In this day and age, people say, I don't know, it might be just because of the news we watch. People yep. seem to be buying and selling houses every five minutes. Oh, yeah. I, they just, they love their house so much. And, um, the community, I suppose. Yeah. Like that. I suppose they, it was their first home and yeah. they paid a tiny amount for it, which was a big amount back then. Yeah. But, um, yeah, they just never, never moved. And, and so, um, growing up there, did you have siblings? Yeah, I've got a sister. Oh. Um, she's in Hobart and, um, she also runs as well, actually. She does. Well, she might be another person that I could talk yeah, to. Yeah, she's um, she's in the makeup industry now, oh, wow. but she's um, had a few job changes. Yeah. She's um, yeah, she's a pretty keen little runner and does um, loves Pilates too. Oh, wow. 
So when your kids were young, did you do a lot of sport and things like that at school or as a family? I did. My sister didn't until she was a bit later in life, but um, I I come came from a cycling background. Oh, vegan. Yeah, I used to race um, road bikes and track bikes when I was younger. And how did you get into Um, I got into it. A friend of mine, um, friend of mine's mum is Robin Bailey. And she's the secretary of the Launceston Cycling Club. Ah. And um she and she still is and she was oh, back then. Gosh. And I used to go up to the Silverdome and watch my friend practice all the time. Yeah. And it just got to the point where I thought, why am I just sitting here watching him go round and round and round? I may as well get a bike too and ride as well. So that's how I got into it. And how how old were you? I was about I was sub juvenile, so I was about 10, 10, 11 years old. Yeah, it's like pretty young, really. Yeah. And was that mostly then the track stuff that you did at that point? I, at that point, yes. Yeah, I sort of um, I went off it when I was in my sort of uh, mid to late teens mm-hmm. and um, just girls and partying <laughs> yeah. and all that, as we all do. <laughs> and um, I sort of got back in the triathlon. I started doing triathlons when I was probably about mid-30s. Okay. Yeah. Before we get to it, because that will be interesting to to know why you chose to get back into it at that Mm. point. So when you were at school, can you remember what you thought about sport and especially the sport that you were made to do at school, like running and athletics and things like that? Yeah, I was was always – I always loved running. Hmm. Even when I was younger, when when I was younger, I I used to love – more long distance rather than the, okay. the track running, but um, I used to enjoy doing the uh, cross country at school, and um, yeah, I, I did. I was sort of a sporty kid, and I, I love soccer too. Yeah. Soccer was my other sort of passion when I was younger. So do you remember what you loved about it? Like, was it movement? Did it make you feel good, or is it you know some other? Uh, I just think. Motivation? Yeah, I I used to I, I'm still a bit competitive. Like, mm-hmm. um, I think that was probably a big part of it. Yeah, the competition when I was young, but um, you know, probably not so much now. Now I've got a bit older, but um, I think it probably was the competition when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I used to like to win and place and stuff like that, as a lot of people do. So yeah. But that was a motivation for you. Yeah, and yeah, it's one it was. of the things that would have kept you kept you going. Yes, yeah. definitely. So you get to the end of school. What, what does that look like for you? Um, end of school, like high school, no sport at all. Yeah, no, I'd sort of gone the teenager way, and I was um, hanging more hanging out with my mates. And, and what work did you do? Um, I went. I, I um, worked in the apple orchard for about 10 years and um, That's it kept, kept me very, very mm. fit. Yeah, I was, I was really fit when I was younger. And, you know, some days I wish I had a Garmin back then because some of the people we used to work with used to say you'd, you'd walk 30Ks a day just around the orchard. Yeah. And um, I, I reckon that was probably true actually. 
because we used to cover a lot of miles and very physical job. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I did that. I sort of got sick of the, the winters. Yeah. Because it was cold. very hard on you. Mm. And, you know, I became a bit of a softie, I suppose, and got out of that and went into a, my, my other passion, uh, um, a fishing shop in a Launceston. In Launceston, yeah. I, How old were you? Just um, I got out of the orchards in uh, nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, and I got into the fishing shops. It was Char- Terry Child Sports Store. I remember that. Yeah, and I um, I'd sort of been doing part time work in there on and off beforehand, yeah. though, on mm-hmm. weekends. And um, I think I started in there in 99. And how old were you then? Oh, oops, mate. Not very old. I'm 48 now. Okay. So I must have been sort of mid-20s, 30, somewhere yeah. there. Yeah, mid-20s. Yeah. I was just thinking how old I was in 1999. Yeah. <laughs> That's when I turned 30 and I'm a little bit older than you. So you would have been yeah. <laughs> in mid-20s, yeah? Yeah, I reckon mid-20s. Yeah. So... You moved from what was a really physical environment yep. to what was, I guess, not, it's a, not sedentary necessarily because you're still walking around the office, I suppose. Yeah. Um, how was that? I I struggled with it to start with and I used to park my car, <laughs> okay, because as far away as I could, oh, yeah. coming because I lived at Baton Bridge at that stage because that's where I'm, I sort of, had my family in my first house is yeah. at Baton Bridge. And I used to park my car as far as I could away from the shop. So I'd always get a walk there and a walk back to my car. Oh. And I noticed within the first couple of months, like being quite light, I was around about 65 kilos at the stage. I'd put on about five kilo in the first wow. month just from not. Not that, that not, incidental kind of work exercise. Yeah, not. I Covering all those miles every day, so um, that worried me a bit. Yeah. And I started. Um, I think I took up um, shortly after indoor soccer. Is that? I was going to ask you because you said before, and I know my awareness of you is that being competitive is probably part of the nature. Yes. Definitely. So it, the, when you were in the apple, apple orchard, how did you uh, explore that area? Like. The competitive side. Yes, or I used to have to be the best pruner. Ah, be. <laughs> the quickest picker. Yeah, yeah. It's the way I'm wide. Yeah. Unfortunately, I had to try and be the best as I could. <laughs> so, you, so you started playing soccer when you went into the fishing shop? Yes, indoor yeah. soccer. Yeah. Just to keep fit because. Um, or is, it, it, is that different? It, no, it's different from futsal. It used to be where. KFM was. There was a big indoor soccer okay. um, big building there. Yeah, and I was playing there with some friends from my work, actually, okay. from Charlton's fishing. So that would have helped with your competitive. Yeah, so I kept that going for a few years yeah. um, while I was at Charlton's. And, um, yeah, I enjoyed it. Yes. I really did. You know, it was, it was good. It was... Um, just something I could do yeah. while I wasn't um, while I was in the shop, and yeah. 
probably not as fit as I, I, I used to be. So, so when you just out of interest, when you're working in something like a fishing shop, which is a hobby, yeah, yeah, um, and your staff members having to help people with their fishing queries and questions and purchases, I assume it's almost required that you love fishing and that you practice fishing. Would that be right? Yes, yes, I love fishing. And I love fishing from a very, very young age. And um, I spent so much money in that shop. I, I think this is why they actually employed me. <laughs> Since I was a little kid, anyone gave me any money, I'd be straight in at Terry Charlton's. Mm-hmm. And I did my work experience in there when I was 16. And I spent all my money everything in that shop. And they, their eyes used to light up when they'd see me walk in the door because they'd know I'd just spend, 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 spend. Yeah. And um, in the end, I used to hang out that much in that shop. They just gave me a job when I was 16, I think I was, uh, just a week weekend work. And I sort of did that on and off for a few years before I got employed there, like on and off. Yeah. So it's that shop's always been a big part. Of my life. It does sound like it. Yeah. So how long were you at Terry Charlton's? I was at Terry Charlton's for, uh, oh, I think it was about six or seven years all up. Mm-hmm. And um, it closed down, unfortunately, while I was there, and I ended up buying my own shop at Georgetown. Mm-hmm. So I, was, I bought the fishing sports shop at Georgetown. Mm-hmm. And I ran that for nine years, and unfortunately, the internet sort of destroyed little retail shops like that. So it's—I mean, this is completely off topic, but because I'm my background is business development and yeah, and uh, that kind of thing, I almost feel there's been a bit of a swing around now, like because whether it's because of COVID or whatever, that there's that support local has had a different flavour to it, it's yeah. almost like because we were all suffering through COVID or something, Yeah, people went out of their way to come to the local coffee shop to, to buy their clothes at a small boutique down the road rather than always ordering online. Although I know ordering online has exploded, um, there still seemed to be this extra sweet. Yeah. To, to- I really hope so because it's um, all those little shops, not only Charlton's mm-hmm. but there used to be quite a few little fishing shops like that in Launceston. They're all gone now. Yeah. So it's a bit sad. So what did you do work-wise when you closed your shop down? Um, when I closed my shop down, down, which is about about eight, eight years ago now, um, I became a fitness instructor. Well, and I've been that. doing that ever <laughs> since. So. And yeah. mostly out of Georgetown? Yep. Or like, well, is that northeast or we call that? I don't know if you call Georgetown northeast. Probably more north, is it? I always get Not sure. annoyed when people like the radio and that call Launceston. Did I call it north or northwest? I don't even know what I'm saying, but whatever term that they use, it's not where I think of. Is <laughs> the Launceston being? I'm like. Yeah, so it's interesting that you, yeah, I think it's, yeah, north is probably. Yeah, it's more north, I think, isn't it? Although maybe Bridport's. Bridport's northeast. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, 
I don't do a lot of work in Bridport because um, it's – I thought it'd go really well down there, but yeah. um, it's it's sort of a funny place. It's a very seasonal place, mm-hmm. and the, a lot of the people there now are actually people from other places that go there mm-hmm. and have big houses there, like yeah. – they're not locals. So they're using it more of a, like a shack. Shack but area. Not so much a shack. Mm. And they're coming maybe more often. Yeah. Yeah. Still. A lot of, because the real estate's just got so crazy down there, it's um, it's very hard to buy a house in now. Mm. And uh, it's sort of made it only accessible to people that have quite a bit of money. So, yeah. So you're, um, you're obviously driving a lot? Drive a lot, <laughs> yeah. Work at Georgetown. Um, uh, every second day, I drive to Georgetown. But my partner um, runs a, a swimming school at um, Georgetown, oh, so okay. she's there every day, just so, about. Yeah. yeah. So. So you guys, well and truly, got that road between Bridport and Georgetown covered. Sometimes twice a day, which is crazy. <laughs> we we went up to um, Bridport the other day and. I uh, did a paddle in the oh, lovely. Day there, which is lovely, up to the golf course. If it had to be high tide, though, we realised we wouldn't have been yeah. able to do it in low tide. No, there's not much water in <laughs> it's there. It's pretty tricky. <laughs> it was beautiful, though. It's, it's really lovely. It's a lovely spot. We're yeah. very lucky to live down there. It's gorgeous. All yeah. right. So that's kind of your workload. That's more kind work. of Not running. It's kind more. of fell into um, <laughs> work. Um, it would be interesting to see how you went from a fishing shop to um, a a PT or yeah, which is what you are now. So that would be interesting to hear that. But let's go back to when did you start running as an adult? Um, I suffer from depression and anxiety, and um, I've got clinical depression and anxiety, and um, I got back into running to start with. Um, to try and just settle myself down because I was going through a really bad patch at the time. Yeah. And um, that's the reason why I started to get back in, into the sport. So how old were you then? I was, um, I was about mid-30s, I think, and um, I was actually at the, at the sports shop at Georgetown at that stage. And um, I the first... I started training for Lonsus and Ten, I think it was. No, Bernie Ten. Bernie Ten. And yeah, so that was my first run I did. But um Can can you remember what the why you chose running? Like is there a Um because the fishing was has always been good for my anxiety and depression. Yeah. And um it being I'm sort of a bit of a loner and I like being by myself. Yeah. Um, I go with my kids a lot, but um, I struggle around other people and um, the the fishing especially, it's sort of, I go out there and I just forget all my worries and yeah. all my bad thoughts and stuff like that and yeah. I just concentrate on the one thing. Yes. And I find when I run, I think about more good things than, than bad things. Yeah. And um, I think about... No, positive things more than negative things, and I th- 
I think, you know, I, I've sort of kept doing it. And, yeah, I just love it. Yeah. You know, I, 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 uh, I started getting better at it because I was enjoying it so much and that sort of spurred me on to do different races and stuff. So, yeah. So you are, you are obviously still competitive. Yeah, still <laughs> like competitive. A, as a personality. So, yep. well, I kind of, not related to running, but related to competitiveness. Yeah. Um, has that, have you entered fishing competitions? I've just come back from six weeks in Noosa house sitting up there and there was fishing competitions on all over the place. And it's like, I didn't realize it was such a passion I, for some people. Is that a thing that you do? No. In your competitive, that's no, it's, it's, it, I'm more, with my fishing, it's more being, yeah, and personal goals, like, okay. You know, I suppose I'm being competitive with myself. Yeah. And, um, like with my snapper fishing, which I've done all through my life yeah. since I moved down the Tamer, it's, it's more about with what I've sort of been trying to do is catch the biggest snapper I've bought. And I've sort of got to the stage where I don't think I'll probably catch a bigger one than what I've bought now. So what's next? Yeah. Well. <laughs> I Just still like keep that. doing it though because I love it. Yeah. Just love being out there of the night and because yeah. I fish a lot of the night. And I am, I, because I, when I grew up, as you know, uh, I told you I grew up on Key Island yeah. by water and fishing, anything in the water is, is, was a pretty big part of my childhood. Yep. Um, and then I was kind of, Taken aback when we moved to Tasmania and they do this fishing thing in rivers where they just stand around and waiters all day. <laughs> it's like, what that? Yeah, <laughs> trout <it>. fishing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, what kind of fishing is your favorite? Obviously, well, the ocean. Well, not yeah, always, but it seems to be a bit. Well, I sort of grew up fishing trout fishing. That's that boring yeah, sort yeah, that, of fishing like, that you. <laughs> I've never done it, so I can't really say. Nah, it is a bit. It's a bit <laughs> sort of backwards. <laughs> I grew up doing it, yeah. but um, when I – I've always sort of had a connection with the Tamer River, yeah. and um, I had girlfriends at Beauty Point, and I was always backwards and forwards when I was a teenager at Beauty Point there, and I used to fish off Inspection Head Wharf okay. um, with my little cousin, who's actually – I'll drop his name in it. It's Andrew Hart off Bookbond Sinker, oh. the fishing show. <laughs> I've heard that name. Yeah. And um fishing in your blood. Yeah, I have. <laughs> and I I used to fish with him when I was young. And um yeah, I sort of bought a house at Swan Point and I lived there for twenty five years and I just concentrated on catching snapper out of the tamer. And I just got that addicted to it. Like I was fishing probably three or four nights a week. <laughs> And so that's is that a fish that you it's particularly good at night time? Yeah, I don't know much about it. I've never yeah. heard of them, but yeah, they they're um they come into the shallow water of the night to feed on crabs, and I used to anchor up on the mud flats um, where they'd feed and fish most of the night. Come home like a, a zombie in the morning with my eyes open, go to sleep most of the time. <laughs> do, do you eat them? Uh, I, like I, asking rookie I used to love them and I've OD'd on them now. I can't eat them. So if you catch them, what do you do? Um, well, I've actually, at the moment, I'm working casually um, for um, 
pie mass mm-hmm. and helping them do research oh, really? with them. They've actually, um, I've been donating fish brains to them for about six years. That's, that's really interesting. Yeah, and they've given me a job to at the uni to come down and help process the frames. So we age them and yep. um, so we pull the ear bones out of them and um, and do heaps of other, test their gonads and stuff like that, weigh their gonads. But it's fascinating. They must be tiny. They are actually, some of them are quite big. Weird, weird kind of conversation that we've got into. There's nothing to do quite big. <laughs> some are. It's, it's crazy. When they're spawning, they, they get really big. And, um, <laughs> yeah, and then they do, the, well, IMAS is sort of the fisheries now in Tasmania and um, they do research on them. And, yeah, so I've been getting a little bit of work doing that as well. Which is another, you know, that's your hobby and yeah, to, to move. And I do fish taxidermy too. That's my other weird hobby. You do I do? I've been doing that for about thirty years. So is there a big call for that? Yes, yes. I'm actually working doing that at the moment more than I'm doing um, <laughs> personal training. So, so people know that you do that. A lot of people do. Yeah. I got, how do you? Yeah, I guess if you were to Google fish. I try not to advertise it. For those that you probably don't need it. I I get too busy and I just, it gets out of control. So I just, because there's only, think there's only me left in Tasmania doing it now. So, yeah, so (laughs) I'm flat out with that. That's just, because I'm in that world of business and a lot of what we talk about is niches. And like if you're, when you're, when you're trying to work out how to market to people, how to reach them, they'll often say, if you start with a really broad thing, like, you know, I make clothes, it's actually much better to narrow down to I make clothes for women who are size 16 and, and 18 or something, you know, and that are only coming pink and red. <laughs> you'll, you'll actually, it's much easier to then find your audience and talk to them. And so it's interesting talking to you because, you know, we're now talking about people who love fishing, but then, the people who love fishing and think, oh, I've put this great fish and now I want to stuff it and put it above my mantle or yeah. whatever they want to do. But that's another, you know, your niche down even more. So it's it's pretty, yeah, we're sort of a, a rare breed. A rare breed. <laughs> Very rare. Oh, Especially there's taxidermists around, but fish taxidermists are pretty light on the ground. Yeah, it's so. Yeah. Okay, back to running. Yep. Um, so you did the Bernie Tent. Did, did the you Bernie have any tent. particular goals for that first um, Bernie Tent? How did that pan out for you? Oh, look, I think I wanted to run at that stage. I wanted to run under 50 minutes. And I think I ran 48 minutes or something from the first one. That's ridiculously yeah. fast. Oh. <laughs> for a first Bernie for Tent. For my first one, I was that's pretty, pretty happy. good. Yeah. I know. I reckon. I, I always wanted to get down under 40. I think I got to 45. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, for a woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's brilliant. That was many years ago. I couldn't do that now. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that's not the point. Uh, so so that first run yep. made you want to keep, well, I don't know, because I know you said you're competitive, so I guess what's interesting to me is whether it's, you know, finding another race. Is that sometimes what kept you... Maybe yeah, knowing, you know, having a goal and something to train for and to try and improve. Yeah, it was the improvement I wanted to do. So, and the, and I, I just started really getting into it, and um, through till I was about, uh, I, I was probably 
at my peak around 40, 41 when I was about that age. And I was just wanted to get faster and faster and run longer and longer. And so what, what kind of distances did you end up? Um, I did everything. I did, um, mainly, uh, I did a couple of ultras and, um, I did some marathons and, um, but I did quite a few 10 Ks and I was sort of riding a bit at the time too. So, I was um I was doing duathlons and triathlons as well. I'm not a very good swimmer. But so duathlons pretty good for you. Though. I used to love duathlons. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm not the You're world. Like, can best. we do a short course with the water bit, uh, and then I don't mind doing the long course for the riding. <laughs> I used to hate it. I used to hate training in the pool too. It was so yeah. boring. Yeah. You know, just that black line watching yeah. it. You know, I'd rather be out on a bike, you know, sticky breaking in people's yards. <laughs> How did you go from, like, his running things into uh, the other two sports? How did you move Oh, well, I'd be- always been a sort of come from a cycling background and I had cyclists in my family too. And yeah. I've sort of always been interested in bikes. Yeah. But that childhood of them. Yeah, it's like sort of in me a bit. And I sort of thought, oh, yeah. I'll start riding again about the same time I started running and just cross-training and um, I started doing a little bit of swimming. and But I suppose I love the running more. I found I love the running more than the cycling and the – I definitely know the swimming. I was real clean. Anything's better. Anything's better than swimming. Yeah, I just love being outside, you know, running along – you know, at, at that stage, I was running on the Tamer every day. Yeah. So I was sort of running on the Tamer River, which I loved. And yeah. I used to get up like five o'clock in the morning and go and run. And so where, where were you running? Um, I was running. Me, so. I was running on the West Tamer, um, from Swamp Point, um, to Deviat most days. So I'd it's sort of, pretty. yeah, it's sort of. 10, 15K. A bit undulating. Yeah, a bit undulating. And, yeah. um, you know, I was, I suppose that was my normal route I'd take. Yeah. Yeah, but I used to love it. it I, I sort of run um, on trails mainly now. Yeah. But um, I still love it. Yeah. Yeah. So what, with your running, what are, what's the, the race or the event that you're most proud of? I knew you were going to ask this. And I was, I've got three races I'm really proud of. That's very cool. Can I mention three? You can mention as many as you like. I think, no I think the Ross Marathon in um, it's about six years ago, I did the Ross Marathon. Yeah. And I broke three hours. I did 258. Oh, that's amazing. And it was on that old hilly course, yep. you know, the one yep. with the four hills you had to do. I only wanted to go back once. <laughs> I was very proud of that because I came third outright. That's amazing. And I got to go on the stadium, on the oh, podium oh, with Josh Harris. Oh, no. And I thought, oh. I interviewed last week. Josh Harris. <laughs> and I thought, oh, <laughs> it's just a dream. This is awesome. And I got this photo at home, me. Josh Harris won, obviously, yeah. and uh, me on the third place. Oh. And the second, 
The second run would be the Beaches 50K. That would be one of my favourites. I'm a bit biased. Yeah, I love that run because I lived so at good. Groom's Beach. I um, I finished second behind Dave Bailey, who's a really good friend of mine, and that was that was a great run I had. Yeah. So was, was it that everything on the day just worked for you? Um, so over that distance, it's highly unlikely that actually every moment was awesome. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, on reflection, we often colour it a bit. It was, it was a horrible day. It was stinking hot. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't cope with the heat too well. It was 27 degrees. Wow. And, um, so there's not a lot of cover. Uh, and you're out in the open, a lot of it. And, um, I didn't have the best run. I don't think anyone did really. It was sort of windy and, and that. And, but I, living at Greens Beach, I used to run that track every day. Yeah. And I, that was the year I was living at Greens Beach. So you're really familiar? Yeah, I was very familiar with it all. And I just, you know, I, I felt a bit yucky the last probably 5K, as most people do. Yeah. And, um, yeah, but I was happy with the result. <laughs> I was happy with that. You came first team once. There was like... Did maybe, you? There might have been two teams. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> that year, I can't remember. It might have only been one. Oh. Sure. <laughs> that's pretty cool, oh. though. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> I do love that race, though. That it's, environment. It's a tough beautiful. run with those big it hills is. and that in it. Oh yeah. It's yeah. sort of it, it's really you think oh running along the beach it's all flat but yeah you know the the just the sand drains you mm. and. And it, it used to be, it's nice it's not in the summer anymore, but it used to be in the summer and yeah. it could get really, really hot. It's not nice then, is it? No, and it, that would sort of drain you more than anything, I think. That's so the heat. Personal challenge last year where I ran Portsmouth to Greens Beach, oh. was 60K, which wow. was running out. I don't think anyone's ever done anything so silly, but it's like running on the road until you got to Baker's Beach and then just running That's basically massive. the race you're just talking about. Yeah. From Baker's and having that at the end of <laughs> that running oh. with all those heels, like that's where they come. It's like, I don't know how you guys. You just underestimate those heels. Like they're, they're so steep. Mm. And, uh, coming like, up off the beaches. Yeah, just too, too steep to run up. You know, you've really just got to power walk up some of them. But they're great challenge. Yeah. yeah. So what was it there? Just a little Um, Yes, I had a. I had. I, I actually won the 2016 um, train Trail Series, and I won that outright. And I won three out of the four races, and that was my other big highlight of my running career. Yeah, yeah, and that was. Um, I was pretty chuffed about that. Yeah, I can imagine. And I, John Claridge, made yeah. a little handmade trophy. Aww. And I've still got it. I love it. Oh. So I love timber and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And he's a bit of, into the woodwork yeah. and that. So it's a beautiful little trophy. So what do you remember about that competition? Like, do you remember? Um, well, I, I was at Greens Beach and I was sort of training on that track all the time and um, through the winter. And that, that series started in the summer. Mm-hmm. 
and I was probably as fit as I was yeah. ever at that stage. Yeah. And um, it, I just, you know, because I was running so much, because yeah. I had a bit of a bad year that year. I, it was the year I lost my shop yeah. and I lost my marriage and I lost my house all in one oh year. So there's a lot to run for. There's a lot for me. Well, I just turned to running and uh, pulled me through the whole lot of it. So that's, that's why I was going so well because it's just a bit of a mess. And I remember, like, personally, when I went through a course in my late 20s, but luckily I was already running by then because I, I also found that such just that relief or relief yeah. maybe is a better word to be able to just go out and, and punch out a few miles, run up into Grindelwald. Like I would try the hardest run mm. and you know, my brain would be, instead of thinking about all the stuff that was upsetting me, I'd be thinking about, now where can I run? There's a real challenge now that I haven't been like that I want to do. And it might be something that was steep or really long or really fast. Mm. And that's, I also got a bit bitter during that period. You so do. I totally understand that. The hard times seem, you seem to turn to running even more and, you know, it's. I just can't see that. I don't know even if I'd be here without running, to be honest. And that's the honest truth. So it's a big stage, mm, really. I was very depressed. Yeah. Like, just I didn't. I when I was at Greens Beach, I was uh, a real mess. Yeah. But I had running, and that's what saved me. So it gave you the moments of peace, baby. Yeah. From all of the stuff that's happened. Yep. My mum used to say, who's an art therapist, um, what are you running from? <laughs> and I would say, I'm running towards the new me or I'm running, I'm not actually running away from it. I'm just, you know, we're not using it as a thing to run away. We're not face our problems. We're just getting a bit of relief from our problems. And I would describe it as running to my future or running something better. That's what I'm It's, you know, it definitely... It's an amazing thing, and I think if you're not into it, definitely look at it because especially if you're, you tend to think on the dark side a little bit like I do, it's just... It's everybody goes through stuff. Mm. Like even though some of us lean more yeah. than others, um, I don't think any of us escape this life without having no. some shitty times. <laughs> no, it's... Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so how did you get into personal training? Um, I did that. I think I, I, I sort of decided to do that after I closed my shop. Mm. I'd always sort of toyed with it. Yes. And um, I thought, oh, here's an opportunity I, I could do it. Mm. And um, so I ended up doing a, a traineeship out at Longford at the yeah. gym out there. Long way away from wherever you were living. Yeah. <laughs> I was at Greens Beach, but I moved into town oh, sure. <laughs> during that summer. And I went out there and and did a, a course through there. So I sort of – and then sort of did another couple of courses after I left there because yeah. I was sort of only part-time there yeah. and it wasn't enough hours for me. So. Mm-hmm. I started up down in Georgetown after that. I thought, oh, well, I've sort of, everyone knows me in Georgetown. I yeah. might as well go back there and try and make a living there. So I've sort of picked up a lot of work from um, 
the Georgetown Council. They mm-hmm. contract us a lot for age fitness. Oh, so awesome. that's what I'm only doing now, age fitness. Yeah. And so you have them running out now. <laughs> yeah, get the oldies out there. <laughs> <laughs> no, we do a lot of seated exercises. So actually working yeah. out chairs. Yeah. And we've got people up to um, over 90 that actually come to our classes. So oh, a lot of them are, you know, 70. Yep. Some are a bit older, some are a bit younger. And so that's a lot of what your PT um, stuff is at the moment? Yeah, ma- kind of mainly all age fitness. Yes. Um, we do a couple of boot camps which are open, yep. open to anyone, but even our age fitness classes, if someone wants to come that's younger, that's no trouble. Yeah, you don't have to be like separate uh, We yeah. get... We get young people that aren't that fit who just sort of trying to kickstart kick themselves and they, they join the class and, yeah, they love it. Yeah. So what do you love the most about being now a professional in the fitness industry with the weather? What um, motivates you to keep doing that? I like to see people improve, I think. Mm-hmm. I like to see people come along and, you know, they're, they're a bit nervous when they can't start coming and maybe haven't done anything for a long time. And yeah. then they, you know, they take a few little steps and if they keep doing it, all of a sudden they start proving and really especially the elderly people, because some of them can't even tie their shoelaces up and you see them, you know, and that's, that's a big thing for a lot of them. You don't realize, I think what it's like to lose some of your mobility mm. until you lose it. Yeah. And then it's almost too late. I mean, obviously it's not because you're in there teaching them um, how to regain it. But it's when we haven't really ever experienced it, we don't realise what it's going to be like and why I think anyway that we should keep moving in our 50s and 60s like as much as we can in order to maintain that mobility. Exactly, yeah. Seems so simple, but seems so simple. But the you know someone who's you know hasn't done a lot and they're you know they've, they've got a pretty quiet sort of life. It's it's a big thing, you know. They lose they lose their fitness and lose their mobility, and something like that means a lot to a lot of these people come to our classes. And, um, yeah, we we um, we do them for um, Health of Tasmania as well. So they contract us out, and we do like little twelve week, um, twelve week programs. programs yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah, we get a lot of these people that can't afford to pay for exercise, yeah. and uh, they come along to these classes, which are free. Yeah, and um, the Government pays for it, and yeah, and they end up loving it. And some of them stay on and do our classes afterwards. So that's awesome. It works pretty well as well. Love that. I love yeah. where you're going. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, okay. Tell me, when did you? When do you think you first called yourself a runner? Oh, oh, I don't know. I suppose after that first Bernie 10, I yeah. suppose that's yeah. when I said, oh, because I did most of my training on a treadmill. Oh, wow. In my bedroom. That's amazing. Yeah, I didn't really know what I was doing that much. Wow. And um, I just 
started running on this treadmill. I bought myself a treadmill. Why did you do it on a treadmill? Oh, because it was winter. Yeah. And um, <laughs> But you're a fisherman. You used to be yeah, out in the wet I, and I cold and windy. <laughs> I just funny. bought a treadmill and I thought, oh, well, I might as well use it. <laughs> and um, I did all the training for that first race on the treadmill. So. <laughs> What? And I still do train on the treadmill. You do? Yeah, I've still trained probably two days a week. Oh. I do all, if I'm going to do speed work, I always do yeah. it on the treadmill. So we were talking about Josh Harris before. I just yep. I spoke to him last week, and he was saying that um, he's been doing Swift or Swift yep. uh, with the bike, and then I was looking at it, and they've got it for treadmills as well. Yes. Do you use that? No, I can't <laughs> afford that. It's like, <laughs> Because like, no. I'm the kind of purist is not the right word, but I'm out for a run. It might be windy and wet, and I run past a gym and I see people at the treadmill. I'm like, "What are you doing?" Yeah. <laughs> or even if it's a beautiful day, I'm even more like my brain is like, "What are you doing?" You could be just out here running up and down the hills. <laughs> the only reason I run so on, on a treadmill now is because I've had quite a few stress fractures and it seems to happen when i'm running really fast when i'm running fast and the treadmill i have it on a incline of three yeah and when i'm doing um like speed work i because you you land a lot lighter Mm -hmm. and um i just find i don't get as injured on treadmill so i all my running outside now I run really slow. Slow and long. Slow. Yeah, I just take it easy and, you know, most of the money running six-minute Ks for a lot of it, even slower sometimes. Yeah, it's uh, about my normal pace. Yeah. <laughs> so, and it's nice. It's nice to go from nice, slow to the jog, yeah. you know, not push yourself too I much. I sometimes think that's why, especially bloke to testosterone, but obviously women get very competitive and stuff as well. Mm. But... Uh, they always go flat out, so it's why maybe running got the stick always with people because it always feels like hard work yeah. rather than finding that place where you can just run and chat if you want or just run and chill and rather than always having to be going as fast as possibly can. Uh, well, I, it seems to work because I've never in my training, like even when I was running really, really well, I hardly did or I didn't do any speed work at all. It was, um, I, I, like, what worked for me, and I know it's not for everyone, but I just found, like, slow miles and lots of miles. Yeah. It just, over time, it's, it seemed to work a lot better for me rather than doing speed work. Yeah. Like, um. Get injured a bit more. Yeah. And, and it just kept me going without mm. getting injured. So, well, because I was running on that Greens Beach Trail and I was doing about, I was, you know, I know some people do a lot more than this, but I was probably doing about 110k a week and I was just jogging. Like, and that, that's how I, I, I did no racing and I, I came up there and did a park run and I did 17.45 on my oh, first park run. That's amazing. And I thought, that's crazy. I've done no, I've done no <laughs> speed work at all. But it's just because I must have been, it's trained my yeah, aerobic. aerobic system just by 
It's just built up over time, over six months or however long I was there. A little bit of natural ability too, I reckon, like your fitness level and you were talking about. The base you probably laid down as a, you know, older teenager, early 20s in the apple orchards probably also, Mm. like a a real level of fitness, that base fitness. You probably always had it. Yeah, I I, I, I don't think, to be honest, I don't think I'm really talented, but I'm determined. Mm-hmm. and Stubborn. Stubborn. I, <laughs> I know people out there that are talented. Like, um, I don't know if you interviewed Charlie Gunn. No. no he's one odd interview. I have um, interviewed his mum. <laughs> he, he's such a talented runner. Like, he, he, he runs, he's just built for it. And, um, I just couldn't. He told me the training he does through the week, and he's like running a quarter of the time of what I run. Yeah. And he's such a fast runner. Yeah. He's just, that's it. See, he's genetically <laughs> perfect for it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I call him talented, but I, def- I don't think I'm talented. I, I think. Even, even, even I don't, like, to I don't, me, that I don't like times, it's not even about times. The fact that you keep going, that's the consistency. And as you mm. said before, um, uh, you know, you didn't say stubborn, I used the word stubborn, but, <laughs> but you know, having that goal and, and going after it, like you're tenacious, you're not just like, you don't give up. Yeah, I I'm, it's probably the bad. Like, even when we're snapper fishing, like to catch that big snapper or, I just put in that much time and I got that, yeah. not addicted to it, but I just loved it so much and focused on it. It all paid off in the end, so. You did it. I did it. That's awesome. All right. Uh, one thing that we talk about quite often is identity, which is all around mental health and stuff well. And when I asked you, you know, when you called yourself a runner and, you know, you said it was when you first did the burning tent, so, you know, around the face. So then you have injuries, and you did mention that you've had injuries. Yeah. How have you dealt with, if they were injuries that stopped you running, how have you dealt with that, like especially once you've adopted this thing, I'm a runner, and then you can't run for a period of time. How it does that feel? Broke you, my heart. Oh, breaks my I heart. I wish you had fishing. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, especially if I was training for something, mm, and yeah. you do all that hard work, mm. and... um. I, I, I went over and did um, Melbourne Marathon and I had got a fracture a few weeks before that oh. and I had to pull out a 25K and um, mm. I was exciting. I was running, I was actually, this was younger, I was, I was actually younger again, I was about 35 mm-hmm. and I was hoping to run under three hours, which I reckon I would have pretty easy. And mm-hmm. I just, all that work and, you yeah. know, um, I was a bit gutted, yeah. and I, it's happened a few times. Like, you know, you really train hard for something, and it, the, you know, with me, it's normally machines. Yeah, and um, you know, it's um, it's just horrible. It's not fun. No, it's horrible, and and you know, even if I have to hop back on my bike, it's just not. The same, not the same. So one of the things we've talked about on the podcast is whether to adopt, rather than a, I'm a runner, which we all say, well, actually not everyone on the podcast says they're a runner, some people don't think they are, um, 
<laughs> which is funny because they're on a podcast about running and talking about how they love running. But they, anyway, it's everybody's individual thing. But trying to adopt a persona instead where we say to ourselves, actually, I'm someone who likes to be fit, whether we're getting that from running when we can run or we're getting that from something else. Because even your um, people in the in the home, your, your older people that you're training, they're moving. Like you can be fit even if you're sitting in a chair. You can do things that are keeping you moving and fit. So it's that desire to to move. Yeah. And I I work anyway personally on trying to attach my identity more to something that can't be so easily taken away from me, yeah. like something pretty catastrophic would have to happen for me not to be able to move some part of my body. <laughs> you know, so it's playing with those concepts a little bit. Yeah. You know, I – the, these people, um, I think some of them too, um, some of them get right into it. Like they're really, yeah. it's so good to see. We've got this lady called Carol and um, she started up with me about oh, three or four years ago and she is so fit. She's 70 and she, she can do... Like, you know, she can do any ab exercise you throw at her and she yeah. just smashes it. But, uh, <laughs> she comes along to um, boot camps and um, with guys and they try and keep up with her, young fellas, and they can't keep up with her. That's amazing. She's just a machine and it's just so good to see her, you know. It's an aspirational for me. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you're very fit. I'm, she's oh, like you. <laughs> no, it's fit. <laughs> but we'll see, especially not ad. That's that's one thing that my running lets me down is that I don't do enough strength. Yeah. And other things. Like I mostly if I have the choice, we'll just run. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think um I, I do a bit of um just through work and I try to do a bit at home too. Just some exercises just to help me yeah. with my running a bit. Yeah. And you know, stop hopefully stop getting injured as much. So So what is your running look like now? So it's talked to quite a bit about Um it's not what it used to be. What does it look like? Uh, it it looks like um I'm doing at the moment um I, I well I, I've gone up and down as people do. You know, I get periods where I just can't be bothered. Mm-hmm. And um I I my friend David Bailey in Hobart He's helped me heaps That's with my running because he knows I've had a few patches where I just didn't really feel like running. Yeah. But I'm sort of training all jogging, not not doing anything fast, no fast stuff. I don't do any park runs or anything like that. Yeah. I just go out on my trail on the Bridport yeah. Wildflower Trail. Before we went paddling the other day. Yeah. I, I did that. <laughs> we're a run out. Yeah, and I, I do – I've been doing between 10 and uh, 14Ks on that trail. Because it's not a, it, that's not a uh, go out for a flat run. That's a, no, it's pretty. <laughs> it's pretty challenging. It's got lots of ups and downs. Isn't it? Yeah, there's a, the it's got a nice hill. It's not the steepest hill in the world, but it's it goes for about 2K. Mm. And um, it, I run over it and then run back over it. Right. Yeah. And uh, so you get sort of. And up and down, and then up and down on the way back. Mm-hmm. And I'm sort of doing roughly around fifty to seventy k a week at the moment. Yeah. yeah so I'd, 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 
that's just for me though. Like I'm not so training. Like training for no, no, just to keep fit. Yeah. And to, I'd like to do another race one day. Um, I, actually, the last run, competitive run I did was at um, Flinders Island. I went over for the ultra. When yeah, they, yeah. I don't think they have it anymore over there. Yeah. The uh, trail Dave, marathon. David Williams. <laughs> uh, it was in 2017. Okay. And that was the last long run I did, and a competitive one. And I flew over with the Bridport School. Oh. And saved money and went with all the school yeah. kids. And um, I was lucky enough to win the trail marathon over there. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. How far was it? Um, it was 40, it was a marathon, but it was yeah. over the over oh, the trails. Okay. Yeah, so it was a, a trail marathon. So for some reason when you were saying, I kept thinking you were saying it was an ultra, and I was, that's why yeah, I said. Yeah, I, oh, I kept calling it an ultra because it's hilly. <laughs> But it was a marathon. A bit like when people say, yeah, did you do that 5K uh, marathon? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. um, you know nothing about running, do you? 5K <laughs> marathon. <laughs> or 10K yeah, marathon. Yeah, that's right. You know when, first, when um, none of your family or friends know anything about running and it's like, yeah, I'm just going to run. I'm ready for a marathon. Yeah, it's 10K. Like 5K? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a bit further than that. A bit further than that. That's it. So it's quite funny. <laughs> But um, I think I used to describe it's like me running into town and back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah, that's a bit far. <laughs> yeah. So um, I haven't done a lot of competitive stuff in the past probably four or five years. Has that been a conscious decision or just um, life has worked? No, I, 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 I keep saying I will, but. I, I, I keep saying I want to get fitter all the time. Yeah. I don't think I'm fit. And because what I've been, where I've been. Who we, yeah, so you're comparing yourself to, to, to yourself, you know, so when, when you're I was 40, 41. Yeah. I, I know I'm not that anymore because I'm, it's a few years ago now, or quite a few yeah. years ago now. And, um, but I keep saying to myself, I will. So one day I will. That's an aspiration. You'll yeah. be just like the 75-year-old lady that you have. Yeah. I don't know when or where, but I'd like to do another race one day, a that, long race. It is a thing that comes up in the in the podcast a bit, and that is that we can all go back and, in our minds and go, I was so fit then. Yes. But we didn't know that that was possibly the last time we were going to be that fit. Isn't it horror? That fast at that moment. Like when I did my fastest marathon, I can remember thinking, oh, this is pretty good. I'm going to shoot for whatever the next level was. Um, Like I did a 3.36. Gosh, that's thought, good. I might. Oh, so only about five years ago, six years ago. But I, now know. I don't think I could do a five. <laughs> so five-hour marathons. But it's like, um, but I didn't know at that point that I, that was like it. <laughs> but it might not be it. Like I could, I like, like you said, I, I like the, uh, the positive thinker. So I think if I really wanted to get fit again, I would go to the gym, like that kind of fit. I yeah. Would go to the gym. I think you. As well as, as well as, and get a coat. I think you. You know, you've got to be a bit smarter when you get older because you seem to get, or I do, I seem to get injured more regularly. Absolutely. And I think you've got to include 
strength, like everyone's saying yeah. that now too, yeah. oh, and you've so got to include the strength training. And I think you've got to listen to yourself a bit more. Like, you know, if you if you do a long run and you feel sore, mm-hmm. I thought rather than go and run again the next day, which you, that's probably what's going to cause you getting injured, yeah. jump on the bike or yeah. do some cross training. And I think you've got to, when you get older, I think you've got to mix it up. A bit smarter. Yeah, a bit smarter. And at the end of the day, like, you probably get further. This is what I, my theory is. I haven't yeah. proved it yet. <laughs> you might even get to the point where you were when you were younger. Yeah. Because you, you can do it more consistently. Yeah, mm. Not that stop-start thing. Not the stop-start thing because I think your body, you know, your body needs time to get where you want it to and it can't happen overnight and you've got to be patient and keep doing. And if it includes riding, like I think riding does translate to running too. Yeah. So... Especially if you're riding under hills and stuff like that, hilly riding. Because um, when I when I was riding my best, when I was running my best, I was actually riding quite well too. So, so I was cross training. Mm. Yeah, that's really interesting. I should yeah. get my bike out. Well, yeah, I, I don't like it. Like I don't, I don't like riding as much, but I've seen what it does. You, like, uh, and more or less, I think it's the strength. Yeah. The strength yeah. in your legs and, and your glutes and um, your hips and everything else. It strengthens it's everything moving up. Moving everything so. mm. I was thinking about that yesterday. And, and like you're running, like the stronger you are in your lower body and, you know, the, the weight, what you weigh is normally determined how fast you're going to run and how long you can run. So I think weight training and cycling are good things for uh, for a runner. So when I did the 60K last year, I had a coach in the Netherlands yep. and who specialises in getting age group people, which is I'm um, now age group, <laughs> probably always been age, <laughs> um, think- getting to um, – the marathon, like they specialised, and I'd already run marathons, so it wasn't so much about that for me, but they specialise in uh, in running at a sort of certain heart rate that's special to you. So, you know, you do all the figures based on how fast you run a 1K or whatever it is and run really fast and then do these calculations. Um, but it's all based around your particular heart rate, so which tends to have you mostly just running um, slow. Mm. And they don't actually want you to run too far. They don't mind you running a reasonable distance, but it's not like your normal marathon training where you run up to 35K in the train. They would probably only ever have you running 25K or something, but at that really slow. But you also had to do some speed work and you had to do um, strength work as well. Yep. And then they said they got more age group runners, like our ages, yep. to the start line without already being injured and being able to complete their marathon. So we're talking more about bucket list ticker offers yeah. rather than, you know, people who've been running for decades. Yeah. But I found that really interesting way. That is very interesting. I've been running, for me, okay, I'm going to run an ultra, I'll run quite a long way in my training uh, rather than concentrating just on my heart rate. Well, yeah, that's what David sort of got me doing mm-hmm. um, a couple of years ago. He 
because I was doing these huge long runs yeah. on Sundays, and he said, you're better off. He said, you, um, what he does is he'll go out and run um, two, two and a half hours, and that's all. That's the, that's his long run, but he um, his, he copes with more speed work because he's younger too, I suppose. He um, than I do. Yeah. But um, oh, that's what I've sort of cut it down to now. I'm running the two two and a half hours on Sunday, and um, the treadmill. I do a couple of days so speed work on the treadmill. You do that on the treadmill. Yeah, with the incline yeah. up. Yeah, and so. So it's keep me fit, and you know. It's interesting. I think I also wonder, though, as well, and, and I'm interested to know what you think. But as we get older, things change. They so do. our training needs to change. You know, I think you've kind of touched on it probably already, but that's a thing, isn't it? Like as we get older, then what we did to train something when we were in our twenties isn't necessarily going to work. Say for me in my fifties. No, no, especially I think you know, your body. Probably, um, it's sad to say, but it doesn't cope with the mileage of what it used to. And, um, I think that's when you've got to be a bit smart and say, do the weight training. Yeah. And, um, and also maybe even include some cycling in your, some in, even indoor cycling, doing efforts on the wind trainer. Swift. Yeah, swift. <laughs> I don't have swift, but I, I, I've got a little wind trainer. I yeah. jump on, mate, and I do efforts on that. Yeah. And you know that people say it translates to your speed work if you push yourself hard enough, and yeah. I think it probably does. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because it's it's good. What keeps you motivated? Like when I hear you say things like "I jump on the the trainer and inside," or "I jump on the treadmill" or whatever, that still means you got up from the couch, or you stop doing what you know if you're. We have to fit it into whatever our normal lives. Everyone's busy. So you either have to be motivated to do it, and some people use a goal. You don't have a, a race to be no. training for or anything at the moment. Um, but I suppose your business is a, a little oh, like staying a bit fit. If yeah. you're going to be teaching other people to be fit, there's a level of that, I suppose. But what do you think motivates you to keep doing that try and stay fit? I think my... My mind's probably these days. I like to, you know, I think it puts me in a better place yeah. running. And yeah. um, I uh, I just feel good after I've ran. Yeah. And I don't feel good. If I have a few days where I can't run, yeah. I really get in a downer. Yeah. And I feel like. And your partner throws you out the door. Yeah, that well, my mum does it most of the time. She says, you make sure you go for a run. Oh, and uh, Yeah, because she knows how good it, it's good for me, yeah. you know, mentally. So uh, that, that's sort of where I'm at at the moment with it, just running to put me in a better place. So you were saying before that you now like running more on trails. Is that where you find your yeah. most of your training? Yeah. I love – I've always loved Healy. Healy runs and um, which builds strength, so that's yeah, like something baked in there is a bit of strength training while you're in, yeah. And I love the bush, 
I love the bush and I love being outside. I love, like being a fisherman. I've always sort of loved being outdoors. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, the treadmill, I hate it. I can only spend about an hour on it and it just does my head in. So I'm only doing it, you know, because Dave told me to do it really. <laughs> Because David said. David said. So, you know, and. um, And it's working and you're seeing results. Keep doing what David says. Well, I I do my speed work, which I don't like doing. Yeah. Mind you. And I don't get a sore because. I love speed work. Yeah, I hate it. But there's a caveat. I love the first 30 seconds or something. Yeah. When it's not hurting. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but you can feel the speed and how I just love that feeling of speed. Yeah. And then it starts to hurt and you want to throw up. Oh, I don't like this anymore. <laughs> this is not fun anymore. It's probably when it's good for you once you start. Possibly. Like I, I don't like it. Like, I, I enjoy riding on a bike fast yeah. than I probably would running fast. Yeah, but on a wind trainer. Oh, well, that's. You know, if, if someone said. <laughs> Oh, go and do five five minute efforts on a wind trainer. You know, I'd say, yeah, no worries. I I, I enjoy it because really? I I just I don't know. It's just something about it yeah. that I like. Yeah. But if they said go and do, you know, on a track, do ten five four hundreds or something like yeah. that, flat out. And I think, oh. <laughs> do you hate me? That's what you'd say to me. Yeah, <laughs> I'd rather run up a hill like that, you know, than do that. So. Because um, you've got to come down again too. I quite like. I always look for runs where I can have a really long down at the end. Yeah, yeah, that's good for your legs too. Run downhill, good for your quads. Mm-hmm. So love that. Mm, <laughs> that is good. Um, do you ever listen to anything when you're running, or are you a you know I'm you never have headphones in? Silent runner. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're, you're, you're plenty of thoughts going on that you can yeah. I just with or just being in the moment. Well, I, I tell you the other reason why I run too mm-hmm. is I'm a bird. I don't know if you've seen it on Facebook. I'm a bird fanatic. <laughs> I didn't realise that because I know you're a fish fanatic. <laughs> black cockatoos. Ah, oh, I've got heaps of them. Man. Yeah, well, that, I love them. Mm-hmm. I love black cockatoos. They're huge as well. They're like gorgeous. when they come up close, they're so massive. There. Yeah, so I love running outdoors and seeing the birds, yeah. and I've. I've also got two black cockatoos myself. You do? And I've got five macaws. Oh, wow. So, um. Five? Five macaws, yeah. Wow, you're just becoming more and more eclectic and interesting. I'm a weirdo. <laughs> no, you're not. You're fascinating. <laughs> Everyone thinks you're I'm fascinating. Weirdo. No, not at all. Just a weirdo. When we were, I told you we have sat with kids at one of the places was in Greece on an island off Greece. Yeah. For, um, I think it was the bloke who started Greenpeace. It used to be his house. Oh. And it was still belongs to his daughter. I think he'd since passed away. But one of the animals we had to look after was a macaw. He was already like 50 years old. Oh. I was missing a wing or something. That, but oh. I only liked my son. Didn't really like the rest of us. It's a cranky, <laughs> cranky bird. They lived to like 100 years or something. Yeah, they can, they can live mm. for a long time. So I've had a bit of an experience. <laughs> They're so beautiful. <laughs> They've got... um. Five, uh, four blue and gold macaws, and I've got um, um, the uh, one scarlet macaw, the red and blue and yellow ones. Oh, it's amazing! Yeah, because they're 
That'd be big, yeah. Big. With a tail, the scarlet's probably oh, about wow. a metre 20. Wow. Yeah, that big so you bird. must have, like, ivory type. Yeah, got ivory. It must be challenging whenever you're moving. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm hoping to buy, I'm only renting at the moment, so I'm renting yes. a farm. Yes. So I'm hoping to buy a little house one day and set yeah. up some nice ivories for them. So. That's amazing, mate. Yeah. My son, one of my son's um, partners, she's always had birds. Yeah. But, um, like little parrot type ones. That yeah, nice. Awesome. And my youngest son at home, he got a bird for Christmas, uh, cockatiel. Oh, lovely. It was a, a baby and now, I guess, almost a year old. <laughs> and Peachy's very young. Peachy? I had, it's called I, Peachy. Yeah, I had a love bird called Peachy oh, when I was little. Oh, yeah. Oh, this, this one's not even a love, like, sister. Anyway, we could talk about birds. Yes. I love birds as well. But <laughs> obviously not as much as you, but <laughs> that's amazing. So there is a lot of birds to spot when we're running out on the Yes, plane. I love it. <laughs> I run on the beach sometimes um, and um, get to see all the seabirds like eagles mm. and, you know, terns. And, Seagulls. Yeah, it's beautiful. And the wedgies. The wedgies are beautiful. Oh, yeah. all of it. And that's why, you know, talking about cutting trees down place yeah we don't really want to but no. we could see more of the river if we did but we're kind of at pretty top of the tree level and some yeah. and it's so you look at birds so many birds ah they just all the way. you know that's what i sort of a big reason why i love running is going out and seeing I always if i see black cockies in the trees um over the trail where i, where I run I always stop and have a chat to them and they um sometimes they fly away and sometimes they don't. So it's awesome. Yeah. And I've got um I've got a pet, one of my ones at home is really tame. Um her name's Maggie. Oh yeah. like magpie, but actually not a magpie. Well not a magpie, but her um her subspecies name is Magnificus, which is um oh. it's because they've sort of Inbred around Australia, yeah, and um, there's five subspecies of them now. So hers, her name is Magnificus, the Latin species name. Yeah, yeah. You're very like you're not just going to university to work on fish stuff. You're really <laughs> understanding all these species uh, around you. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> birds are. I show chooks too. Been showing chooks since kids. Yeah, so that's the other. <laughs> Another one of my hobbies. Well, I have to have time. To do I don't know. Like, it's massive. That's a bit of a You know, we're talking about niches before. And you've got yeah. like how many just in your little? Oh, I've got a hundred chooks. Really? Yeah, probably 50 odd pigeons. And because yeah. I show pigeons too. So, what type of chickens? Um, I've got bantams. Yeah. I've got what's called Japanese bantams. Little. Um, I've probably seen wolf. them like at a show, you know? Yeah. I go, we always walk through the chips. We've got just chickens that give us eggs. <laughs> That's it. Well, so we always walk through the chips. I, it shows. <laughs> I love chickens. And um, I've got sea bright bantams, which are like a little laced, oh, little laced one. Yeah. So. They give you eggs. Only tiny, tiny <laughs> eggs. <laughs> They're not really, you need about three of them to make up a normal no. egg. They're oh. not very big. They're bigger than a, about the size of a pigeon egg. Okay. So. It's tiny. Yeah, they're only little. And what sort of pigeons do you 
I've got Bantail pigeons. Same. Um, I haven't got white ones. I have had them though. Um, got I've uh, got some really pretty coloured ones, like mm-hmm. blues and mm-hmm. powder coloured ones and powdery blues and powdery reds and stuff. Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. You, I don't know how you uh, have time to look after all of them, especially showtime. It's, it's just huge. It's <laughs> like showtime job. now, isn't it? No, nah, it's all finished up now. Oh, is it? Yeah. There's you a few. Do you go to like the country show? Well, I normally do, mm-hmm. but I've been... I've sort of been a bit um stricter with money this year, yep. so being so far away from them. Yeah. So I just haven't been able to afford to go go to a mall. Yep. But I'm going to Deloraine because I'm judging the pigeons oh. at Deloraine, oh. so I have to go there. So Wow. Yeah. Oh. All right. Back to running. We can There's take nothing to do with, with you. I like but it's fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody will be like, Oh, I like pigeons. And I never thought about running. Maybe I will. Look, Damon has pigeons. It all ties in. It's all good for your mind. Exactly. Because all of those things give you reason to be present and in the moment. Yeah. Because those animals all need your care. Yeah. I love them and they love me and I hope they love me. Because I do lots for them. Feed them. Look after them. Give them a nice place to live. Yeah. All that. Look after them. So. When you are running, you I. Said before that, um, but I'm not sure if you said it when we we're just talking or when we we're recording. Um, that you mostly run by yourself, or you always run by yourself. Pretty much. Yeah, I'm. I'm a bit of a loner, Aww. and um, I I do run by myself. And um, I like. Don't get me wrong. If someone wanted to come for a run with me, I'd go for a run with them. But most of my time is by myself because yeah. I suppose I've lived in areas too where there hasn't been a lot of runner people. And, um, like, I'm sort of out of Bridport. Yeah. I'm about 10 minutes' drive out of Bridport. And mm-hmm. I sort of – I know there's a couple of other runners in Bridport who are in the trail running and that. And, um, but, you know, it's just timing everything yeah. to run with them. And yeah. I, I sort of – I'm an AM runner, running mornings. Yeah. And, um, Is it – like you said before, you were running around the chamber pretty early. Yeah. You're still running pretty early. Yeah, I try and get up early and yeah. and I try and run on empty stomach. Yeah. Because I'm sort of, um, I'm on a, I follow that keto diet. Yeah. So, um, sort of, I do intermittent fasting and stuff as but well. So, part of the coaching that I was doing. Oh, cool. They included that. Like their program wasn't just running anything. Yeah. I love it. Things that support your running. Yeah. But I suppose. Running, it's like a holistic thing. If you want to do your running well, it's not just about what you do when you're running. It's also about what you eat and yeah. how much you sleep and, you know, exactly. how you live your life, what you're thinking. There's like they cover all of that, in which I think is wise. Yeah, I, I've i sort of been doing it for about three three years now yeah. and I feel really good. You know, I feel, you know, I enjoy the foods. Yeah. You know, the foods are, are yummy and um uh, I love eating meat. I've sort of always been a bit of a meat eater, and um, so it just works for me. It works for me. That's what matters, I think. A lot of yeah. people get all hung up on what's the right way. That actually, I don't know that there is one right way, but everyone—it's nah. much more an individual. No, I just sort of try and keep my carbohydrates down quite a bit, yeah. and um, try and eat plenty of healthy fats, yeah. and. No, 
make sure I'm getting enough of them to get me through the runs and that. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you think running is big in your life? Always seems like a crazy question at the end. Um, that you wouldn't have in your life if you hadn't started that. What would you be missing if you hadn't started? Seems like a crazy question after some of the things you said in the interview. Um, so what I'd be missing? Yeah. I'd definitely, my fitness. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it, it is the, I think it's the, and I'm sure a lot of people would agree with me that it's the the way to get quick fit. Yeah. Not strong, but so much, but fit quickly. Yeah. Especially yeah. cardio, vascular system. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, I don't think strength training would ever get you as fit as what um, running will get you. Yeah. And to lose weight, I, I definitely... You know, that's another thing, keeps you nice and light and, and um, you know, it burns more calories than any other exercise. So mm. I think it's the best best exercise. So I suppose my fitness yeah. would be the main thing and my like, mind, Yeah, you know, yeah. the way I think of things and puts me in a better place. You seem like someone who's always valued fitness. Yeah. Most of your life, but you've always had that as a high yeah, priority. Yeah, I suppose I have. Yeah, my sister's sort of the same. She's um she's wide a bit like me. She's a bit of a loner and um she hasn't done so much running, but she um she loves fitness and she watches a diet and yeah. she's always ringing me up, asking me questions about foods uh, and stuff, so <laughs> Because I, cool. I love that's that. Awesome. That's the other thing I love. I love, you know, I love knowing what's best for you. You know yeah. what what helps people, and um, yeah. nutrition's always been a big part. Yeah, of what I've been interested in too. So it's an important part of the whole thing. Like I've said mm. before, so it can't. It's very difficult to be uh, fit and healthy if you don't think about your nutrition or something. Oh, like 100%. you could be, your body could be sort of running fit, but Actually, you might not be that healthy if people would you know, look inside if like the doctor type of stuff if you haven't been using the right nutrition. Uh, it's a bit like that people can be skinny and yeah. healthy, but they, and other people can be overweight but much healthier. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah well, it's you, you, you just eating. can't see what's inside your body. Like, you yeah. know, you might, running's going to make you look fit on the outside, but there's things that, um, Carbohydrates, especially, can do to the insides of your body. Yep, and um, and we can't see it. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's been plenty of runners get um, type two diabetes and stuff yeah. from um, consuming too much carbohydrates yeah. and come through <laughs> Yeah, and you know, and it's caused them all sorts of grief. Even so, though they thought they were healthy. Yeah, well, you know, they look healthy. And, and running, you know, um, uses so many calories. You're going to look healthy, especially if you're doing a few miles. And, but it's what does it to the inside of your body and, and that as well. So, so how long do you think you will run for? Oh, I honestly don't know. 
Really? No, I said. I, I said fifty. You did in your head. You told yourself, "I'm going to run until I'm 50. I'm gonna say, oh, but I keep, you know, I keep thinking I'll jump on the bike after that and yeah. just maintain myself for the next fifty. For the next <laughs> hour the long I've got, yeah. but I'm sort of hanging in there and. I feel all right still. So, so why why do you think you put a line in the sand? Is there a reason? Well, I think I did that. That was probably a few years ago because I thought I'd be, you know, I'd be on the way out with my times and yeah. everything. But I know I'm not running. I, I probably won't run as what I did ten, fifteen years ago. But yeah, um, I don't think I will now. I'll keep going beyond yeah. that as long as I can. Long as not hurting me too much. If it becomes too much of a, you know, if I get injured all the time yeah. and that, I think I will jump on my push bike and yeah. just do that. So I guess that's the, like I heard you talk about speed times there. So I, I think there's a point sometimes as we're getting older where our running is, becomes not so much about the competition mm. but about the enjoyment of the running mm. in itself, in and of itself, not the extrinsic stuff, it's all that intrinsic stuff. Yeah, I thought it... Which is interesting. I think I'm getting that way now. Like, I've sort of, you know, I've been happy with what I've done and Mm. I've had some good results and, you know, I'm really grateful I've had those results. And um, But I'm starting to think, you know, where I'm going to be in a few years and... I just like to stay fit and mobile. Yeah. And as I said, good for my mental health. So yeah. sort of thinking more that way now. Yeah. What I used to. Love that. Mm. Um, is there anything about running before we wrap it up? I will yeah. ask you for some tips in a minute, but is there anything about running in general that we haven't talked about that you'd like to share? Um Yeah, not really. I just, just, especially people starting off in it, just take it easy. You know, is um, don't do too much too soon, and enjoy it. Um, it's. I think it's more running to me is more about um, consistency. Mm-hmm. So. Not getting out there and smashing yourself. If you're young, you can probably get away with it. But as you get older, you know, just make, making it become a habit yeah. and and um, be part of your life. Mm. You know, when you get up, especially, you know, the first thing, the, the worst thing you can do is get on your phone and start yeah. looking through yeah. everything because you, you just tend to put things off. Yeah. So... Put your phone away. Yeah. Put social media away. Don't even look at it till you get back. Yeah. And then, you know, you've got it all out of the way. It's all done and dusted. Yeah. You feel good. Have a shower and then enjoy your day. Set yourself up for a good day. Mm. I love that. Yeah. So tips for a beginner runner, specific tips. Um, don't work. Do focus too much on speed work. Mm. It's worked for me, you know, and I think when you're starting out, you're better off just to jog. Mm -hmm. Go for a jog, 
maybe three times a week. Mm-hmm. Not too much. Try not to run too much on the Asheville. Yeah. So trails. Softer surfaces. Softer surfaces. Uh, a nice trail that's not too technical, you know, uh, without too many rocks and roots and stuff like that. And which normally slows you down a bit anyhow. Yeah, that's great. And, um, and you get a better workout on trail too. Just the, um, the undulating yeah. ground. So you're not just working your lower body, you're working your upper body as well, yeah. your core and, and your glutes and everything. So. Yeah, um, and just take it slow, you know. It's something that doesn't happen overnight. Running something that takes quite a while to improve. Patience. Patience, that's right. The only way you improve is consistency and being patient. And when you do get a little result, really enjoy the step forward yeah. and because you'll get another one and you know, you you'll keep getting results up until your your peak. Yeah. So really enjoy your you know your, your progress. Yeah. Celebrate all the little wins. Yeah, all your little wins. Like you know, even if it's just you know, uh, if you're doing some treadmill efforts or something like that once a week, you start doing them, and you get your speed, and you've got. Yeah, over two weeks you can increase your speed up by half a kilometre an hour or something like that. That's a that's a step forward. Yeah, it is. So yeah. you know you're getting fitter and um, you can cope with it more and you know, things like that. Yeah. They're they're good little little nuggets. They're good little nuggets. Yeah. And <laughs> and don't run too hard or too much. Yeah. Because that's the easiest way tap to me. You know, over the years, I've, I've ran, like, park runs and I've done one park run one week and then I've come back the next week, done it again, and I've run hard all, like, every week, plus speed work, and it's the easiest way to just run yourself into the ground. Yeah. And then no one wins because you get injured. Mm-hmm. You have to have time off. And then you have time off, you lose all your fitness, and you got to start all over again. Who wants to do that? No. <laughs> So run slow. Yeah. Run sl- slower and run slow to run long. Yeah. <laughs> to run long in your life, I suppose. Yeah, to, to keep it going. And you never get the, your full potential if you're stopping and starting all the time. Yeah. You're better off to run slower, building up your engine inside mm-hmm. you and all that, all the, you know, all the running you do, even the slow running is building all your muscles up mm-hmm. in your legs, all your running muscles. And over time, they'll change, and that will give you the speed. Yeah, especially if you've got heels, and then a little bit of yeah. strength working when it's quiet. My word! I love it. I love awesome. It. Thank you. It has no been worries. amazing no, to talk with you. Thank you, Michelle. Thanks for having me. I really have enjoyed it. It's been thoroughly awesome. So oh, thank, thank you, you so much. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the Fit Mind Fit Body Podcast. I'd love to talk to you about your running journey. So send me a message on Facebook or on the website and let's do it. For a bunch of resources on mindful running that will help you get and stay mentally and physically fit, head over to the website fitmindfitbody.co and I'll see you there. Plus, I'll be back here in your podcast player a few times a week. 
hit subscribe now so that you don't miss an episode. And before you go, I'd really appreciate it if you'd leave a review. It'll help more people to find the podcast and get inspired to start running. I'll see you soon. Bye.